Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Tony D'Arienzo. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the heart. What is the heart? What can we learn from the Immaculate Heart of Mary and from the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus? All this and more on Layman's Homily. back to the podcast. As always, we have a packed show for you. So let's dive right in. So we'll start by asking the question, what is the heart? And by the heart, we're not exactly talking about the physical organ that pumps blood in through our uh, body necessarily. Um, we're more talking about, you know, the heart, like as in where your treasure is, there, where your treasure is, there also where your heart be. Um, that sort of heart. It's like our center. Um, it's at the core of our being. Um, and love flows out from it. Um, so that's more of what we're talking about when we're talking about these these, these sacred heart and the immaculate heart. Um, so what do we see in the most sacred heart of Jesus? So to, to figure this out, answer this question, we want to look at take a look at the Gospels um, for this solemnity. Um, we celebrate um, the solemnity of the Sacred Heart uh, the Friday after Corpus Christi, um, which was this past Friday, um, actually. Um, so we are in year C. Um, we're going to look at the Gospels for each year and see which what they reveal to us about the heart of Jesus. Um, so in year A... We look at Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. It says, At that time Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are labor all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy, and my burden light. So I think one of the key takeaways from this is, well, first of all, it says it right there. Um, he is meek and humble of heart. Uh, the heart of Jesus is meek and humble. Um, so we have to, we, you know, we're going to talk about those, you know, in a second. Um, and also his heart will give us rest if we come and unite ourselves to him. Now going to year C, I'm going to skip year B for a second. Um, we're going to get back to that. But year C, which is this year, um, the gospel is from Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. Jesus addressed this parable to the Pharisees and scribes. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, 
Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. And so we see that Jesus' heart yearns for the lost one. Yearns for the lost one. Um, the other two parables that are in Luke chapter 15 are in the parable of the lost coin and the prodigal son. Um, so we see in this in, the, in all three of these parables that Christ's heart yearns for those who are lost, for those who are wayward. Um, and like in many ways, that's all of us, right? We're all lost in our own way. Um, his heart yearns for us, yearns for the lost ones. And now going back to year B, um, this is taken from John's gospel, John chapter 19, verses 31 through 37. So this is Jesus on the cross. Um, Since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was the solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and none of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you also may come to believe. For this happens that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again another passage says, They will look upon him whom they have pierced. And so we see that Jesus' heart, um, he's, he's being vulnerable um, with us, right? His heart, allowing his heart to be pierced out of love for us um, and to shine forth this love and mercy um, from his side, from his heart, um, this grace um, that the church interprets actually as this, this is where the church is born. The church is born out of the side of Christ, just as Eve is born out of the side of Adam. Um, the blood and water symbolizing the, uh, the baptism and the Eucharist. Um, the sacramental grace that comes forth from the, side of, from the heart of Christ that is pierced out of love for us. And so... Yeah, those those things, right? Those things. Your, um, his heart yearning for the lost, his heart being pierced out of love for us, his heart being meek and humble, and giving us rest. Um, and so now we've talked about the sacred heart. Let's sort of talk about you know what do we see in the immaculate heart of our blessed mother. Um, so that memorial is actually celebrated today. Um, the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Mother. And throughout Scripture, especially in in Luke's Gospel, the infancy narratives, um, we see that Mary is often contemplating and pondering. Um, Luke specifically mentioned several times that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So our heart is one of pondering and contemplation um, of the action of God um, in in her life. Um, And her heart is also pierced 
just like Jesus' heart, um, her heart is also pierced. Um, we see in the presentation in the temple that Simeon prophesies um, that Mary's heart will be pierced. Um, and that prophecy is fulfilled when she sees her son pierced um, on the cross. And we see that Mary's heart here, like at that cross, at the cross, her heart is pierced out of love for us through loving her son. She shows us how to love her son um, by letting her heart be pierced um, out of love for him. And yeah, and because because of this event, like she's given to us um, as our mother. So, you know, this piercing out of love for her son, it's also out of love for us because it's through this event that she is accepts the role, like fully um, is given the role of the mother of the church and the mother of all Christians everywhere. And so, so yeah, so these are the two hearts that we celebrate um, on the liturgical calendar. Um, the most sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of our blessed mother. There's also a third heart, um, important heart that we don't, that we don't really talk about as much, and that is the chaste heart of Saint Joseph, our patron, patron of this podcast. You knew I had to work him in somewhere, um, but he's not talked about because we're still developing, we're still developing um, that love for him, a deeper love and appreciation for him um, in the church, and hopefully one day there will be a, a memorial or feast or uh, for the chaste heart of Saint Joseph. Um, but what do we, what do we learn from him, from his heart? Well, throughout his life, he's, he's a humble, he is, has a humble heart. Um, he's silent. He's just, is responding to the Lord's call, um, with, without question. And he sacrifices, um, for those whom he loves most. Um, he's willing to, to, yeah. Um, the Lord calls him to sacrifice so much to protect um, and to love um, our our Blessed Lady, um, his his spouse and her son, um, his son Jesus, and he's willing to do that because he loves them so much. He's willing to sacrifice, um, toil away, you know, as a carpenter, um, have to treks several so many hundreds of miles to protect um his his um his family from king herod um sacrificing you know being being away from the blessed virgin so she can um spend time with elizabeth um and yeah really like taking the time to be with um, our lady and with our with our Lord. Um, yeah, he's a man of sacrifice. He's a man of man of love, and we and that's what we can learn from the from his chaste heart. 
So I guess, you know, we always love to lead, close out these segments with the practical, right? So how can we apply these lessons about these three hearts, uh, the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Our, our Lady, and the chaste heart of St. Joseph? How can we apply these lessons, um, these, these things, to our own lives? Um, so first off, say we need to learn to rest in the heart of Jesus. Um, so often we get caught up in, with different things, you know, spending time with you know, our friends and, and, and just doing other things, um, you know. But I think it's really important to let our hearts um, rest in the heart of Jesus. And St. Augustine um, says in his confessions, our, hearts, our, our heart is restless until it rests in you, um, speaking to God. Um, so let take those words of St. Augustine to heart and like let our hearts rest in Jesus. And, you know, that means, you know, spending time in adoration in front of our blessed sac in front of the blessed sacrament um and you know going to mass spending time even not necessarily in front of the blessed just praying just like being with him setting time apart to to be with Christ and just talk to him pray like silent in the silence um and let him speak to you um and speaking of letting us ourselves do things, um, that's that's the next point I'd like to make is to let ourselves be vulnerable um, and to risk being pierced out of love. Um, you know, often there's oftentimes you know we experience heartbreak. Um, I know I've experienced heartbreak in my own life, um, and we want to close ourselves off to to love. Um, and we, we, we withdraw. And I think, you know, we need to, like, Christ doesn't do that with us. He experiences heartbreak every time we sin. Um, but he, he lets himself be pierced. Um, and, he's, and he continues to pursue us. And continues to love us and you know that's something that we need to we need to do with others with him and with others we need to you know take that chance and to risk risk that heartbreak um risk that suffering um so that we can we can have like real love um then going to the you know, immaculate heart, um, to contemplate, um, yeah, we really need to contemplate, you know, God's actions in our lives. Um, it's like take kind of like resting in the heart of Jesus, right? Like rest and contemplate like his action in our lives. Um, I think that's important, important to reflect on, like to just kind of remember that he's, he's with us. He cares. And that's that's what Mary did, and that's what, and we need to follow her example. And then last last but not least, um, learning from 
St. Joseph's chaste heart. We need to be able to sacrifice, um, to be with, to make time for, um, and to really care for um, those whom we care about the most. Um, yeah, like St. Joseph's relationship with um, with Mary and with Jesus, right? He, um, in order to, you know, be with them, he would, yeah, he'd have to sacrifice. Um, he'd have to, yeah, he'd have to really let go of his own desires and you know, make time for them and to, to be with them. And for those people whom we care about, whom we really care about in our own lives, I think, um, and want to have like true deep relationships with, we need to be able to sacrifice, you know, doing doing some of the things that we might want to do um, with with our friend, with our other friends or whatever. Um, or, you know, our alone time or whatever to sacrifice, to, to really be with and spend time with and care for those who, those people whom we care about. And that's the, um, that's it for this uh, main segment. So we'll move on to the cloud of witnesses where we um, talk about the saints upcoming for this week. And this week, um, we have a bunch of saints, but we're gonna, just going to focus on two that happen to be celebrated on the same day. Um, these are two very big saints. You've probably heard of them before. Um, they're St. Peter and St. Paul, both of whom are celebrated um, on June 29th. And it is a wonderful solemnity um, in the church. So it's going to be another solemnity. So make sure to, to party on uh, that day. Um, so St. Peter is the first pope. Um, he was called by Christ on the Sea of Galilee, along with his brother Andrew. Uh, Peter, uh, it's a beautiful story. Um, Luke's Gospel, Jesus, you know, says to Peter, "Hey, put your put your nets out for a catch." And Peter says, "I haven't caught anything, but at your command, I'll do it." And he catches a huge quantity of fish. And Peter says, "Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man." And Jesus loves him and says. Come follow me. From now on, you'll be catching men. And so he has an up and down journey with Jesus uh, um, for his, the three years of Jesus' public ministry. Um, he, you know, confesses that Jesus is the Christ, but then the very next moment he um, says, "Jesus, you can't go to the cross." And Jesus tells him to get behind me, Satan. Um, he denies Christ three times during the Passion, but at the end of John's Gospel, um, he is restored uh, to Christ. It's interesting because at the at the denial and the restoration in John's Gospel, both times there's a charcoal fire. It specifically mentions the word charcoal, and nowhere else um, in the Bible does it say use the word charcoal, or at least nowhere else in John's Gospel. Um, it's kind of interesting um, that John's like tying these things together. Um, and then Peter um, like finally gets it after Pen like after he receives the Holy Spirit um, at Pentecost and really takes charge um, in the first half of the Acts of the Apostles. Um, he performs miracles and 
heals people and raises people from the dead and is imprisoned and really and is bold in his preaching um, really really starts to get it um, then at the end toward, at the end of his life um, we have a story ca uh, called the Quo Vadis uh, story um, and it gets his name from what Peter says um, so Peter is you know, in Rome during Nero's persecutions and he's fleeing he's fleeing the persecutions um, and on the way, he's on the Appian Way, in Ro leaving Rome, and on the way, he meets Christ. And Peter asks him, Quo Vadis, um, which is Latin for, where, uh, where are you going? Um, and Jesus says to him, I go to Rome to be crucified again. And Peter realizes that he's referring to, to himself, as in St. Peter, and he's like, okay. So he turns around, goes back, goes back to Rome, and is crucified upside down. Um, and the reason he's crucified upside down is because he feels he's not worthy enough to die in the same way that Christ died. Um, his sto Peter's story should give all of us hope because <laughs> we're all up and down, but ultimately... Christ still loves him and calls him to something great. Um, and he ends up, you know, being like fulfilling that um, despite his um, inadequacies. Um, and it kind of goes to prove the, the classic quote. Um, I don't know who came up with this specifically, but um, like God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Um, so, yeah, it's really St. Peter's story is really hopeful for all of us um, on, as we struggle on our journeys um, towards heaven. And St. Paul, um, he, he's, another, I mean, he's another big saint. Uh, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, originally, he's a Pharisee um, called Saul um, who persecuted Christians. He um, consented to the execution of the first Christian martyr, St. Stephen, um, and he's, you know, goes on, starts to go on the way to da Damascus and he's getting ready to go round up some more Christians to be uh, put in prison and maybe eventually killed. Um, but on the way he gets knocked off his horse and hears the voice of Christ um, saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Um, and then he's basically converted on the spot. Um, he's struck blind and then he, for three days, and then he's healed um, through the touch of another Christian, uh, Ananias. And he becomes a big voice in the church. Um, he goes on several missionary journeys, um, which are do all documented in the Acts of the Apostles uh, to spread the good news. Um, and he's one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament. I think that he has like something like at least like 12 letters in the New Testament. Um, he undergoes several hardships, um, which include, you know, imprisonment, scourging, getting shipwrecked, uh, you name it basically. And he's ultimately beheaded in Rome. Um, 
for the faith. So, St. Paul, another, you know, example of, of hope that, you know, even the most wicked among us, even the most anti-Christian among us, um, can uh, ultimately um, be converted and become great uh, people um, and great saints. And so that is it for the Cloud of Witnesses segment. And so now we'll move on to the lyrical lift where we take a secular song and apply it to the spiritual life. This week's song is Right Now by Van Halen. Um, I know. Um, for those of you who don't know, my, Van Halen is my favorite band of all time. So it's taken a lot, taken long enough for me to get one of their songs in the lyrical lift. But here we are. So the first verse of this song starts with the lyrics, don't want to wait till tomorrow. Why put it off another day? And basically, the, the whole song is conveying the idea that we shouldn't hesitate or delay and take action. Applying to this to the spiritual life, when God calls us to do something, no matter how big or small that something is, we can't delay, Right? Think about if Peter if Peter had delayed when Christ uh, says, I go to Rome to be crucified again. Um, think about if St. Paul had delayed um, when, you know, he gets knocked off his horse. Um, right? If we do, if we delay, we're going to miss out on the mission. We're going to miss out on that magic moment that he wants to give us. So we need to respond with a yes to, to God right here and now each and every moment because it means everything to do so and that will wrap up lyrical left i'll wrap up uh the show for this week but a few final things before we actually wrap up first if you like what you heard or even if you didn't please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review this will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Secondly, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode, previous episodes, or anything in general, please send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. And finally, please pray for us and know that we are praying for you through the intercession of the patron of this podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been the Layman's Homily.